is Bloomberg Surveillance. We think that the Fed will be able to achieve its target over the medium term. Core inflation has already started to pick up. Monetary policy has been relatively ineffective. You need fiscal policy. I think something actually like utilities, which has been a sector that's perennially unpopular, is going to continue to surprise on the upside. Bloomberg Surveillance, your link to the world of economics, finance, and investment on Bloomberg Radio. Good morning, everyone. Michael McKee and Tom Keen. Bloomberg Surveillance Worldwide. Good morning. Bloomberg 1200 Boston, 99.1 FM Washington and Baltimore. Bloomberg 1130 New York. Good early morning in San Francisco. 960, the Bay Area, and of course, all of you listening across the nation and uh, in Canada, Sirius XM Channel uh, 119. Worldwide, I was stunned, Mike, at the number of comments in the Caribbean over people listening every day to what we do. I, it was really humbling. Well, that's uh, terrific. For all around the world. I mean, we'll send you back out. I don't know. You know, it was, just, it was just great to see the global distribution. Al from New Jersey and others here. I put together a distribution platform for a conversation. We hope you enjoy it this morning. Bloomberg Surveillance is always brought to you by Cone Resnick, accounting tax advisory during the times of growth, crisis, or economic uncertainty. Your business needs the Cone Resnick Advisory Group for the strategies to move forward. Find out more at ConeResnick.com. C-O-H-N-R-E-Z-N-I-C-K, Cone Resnick. Dot com. Modest hysteria this morning over Puerto Rico. It is good to get perspective from somebody that actually knows what they're talking about. That would not be me. Uh, Mike, it would be John Miller of Nuveen, who's truly expert on this. And he spoke to you last week, didn't he? He gave us a clinic last week, and now we have him back because we have new developments, as they say, on the uh, on the on the cable TV networks. Uh, yesterday was a day they have until the end of today to actually make a payment. The government development bond uh, bank in Puerto Rico has $422 million bond payment due uh, by the end of today, which the governor said last night on the telly they're not going to make, but then... At midnight last night, they made a deal, the Government Development Bank, a uh, tentative framework agreement with investors holding uh, some of its debt. So what does that deal mean, and what does the overall uh, situation in Puerto Rico amount to? Uh, John, let's let's start with the basics. Uh, when the the governor says we're not going to make the payment under a debt moratorium law that the Puerto Rican legislature approved last month, is that the same thing as saying we're going to default, or is it something different? It is the same thing. There's uh, uh, the amount of GDB debt or government development bank debt outstanding is about seven billion, and the actual payment due today is about four hundred and twenty-two million. So they're uh, they are. Ma- uh, meeting a couple of last-minute forbearance agreements with some of those bondholders, but apparently not nearly enough to uh, uh, to cover the entire payment. So this will uh, this will be, in all uh, likelihood, this will be a government development bank default, which is a larger type of default than what we've seen from Puerto Rico uh, over the past uh, year, even though they've been in crisis. Well, what does it mean then? Well, I think that it's uh, first of all. It was telegraphed. Uh, it was about a year ago that the governor said uh, the debt is unpayable. It was about a month ago that they said we are going to give ourselves the ability to selectively not pay certain bond issues. 
Uh, so it's a continuation of an ongoing uh, reality that they don't have the uh, the revenues to meet all their budgetary expenses and pay debt service at the same time. There isn't a uh, existing structure right now to negotiate with all creditors <clears throat> at the same time. Yeah. So, therefore, they're selectively picking out which bonds to pay and which bonds to not pay. John, I, you know, I, I look at this, and I forget that John Nuveen Sr. formed Nuveen in 1898. In 1928, you wrote a New Mexico highway bond. You've seen things go bust a few times across that Nuveen history. What's distinctive about this pe- pending collapse of Puerto Rico? Well, this is so much larger than anything that we have uh, uh, seen in the municipal bond market. If you uh, if you add up the the roughly 72 billion in uh, in debt plus the 44 billion in unfunded pension liabilities, and it is uh, it's more complicated. It's more complicated because there are 18 different types of bonds. Isn't uh, it more complicated because Congress is involved? Isn't that the elephant in the new Veen room? Well. Congress getting involved is actually in an effort to simplify things. The uh, Congress getting involved would establish, at least based on the leading bill from the House Natural Resources Committee right now, which is still being edited and, and probably still passes at some point, that would be a positive because it would uh, create some semblance of order out of disorder that we have now, which is to create a financial control board and figure out what they can pay overall. Yeah, because they have these 18 different entities with debt out there, uh, some of which can be paid, some of which can't. I was interested in the Bloomberg story, and Michelle Kasky from Bloomberg News, always brilliant on what's going on in Puerto Rico. Uh, she went and, and called up the holders of the bond that is due today. And we've been told that uh, the vulture hedge funds have been the ones who have been buying up all the Puerto Rico paper. But this one's largely owned by money management firms and insurance companies. Well, it's very, the ownership structure is very diverse, and, and uh, it also depends on the specific indenture that uh, that has proven to be attractive to different groups of uh, to different groups of investors over time. Uh, according to the Treasury Department, hedge funds have been uh, bought up to around a third or so of the overall debt uh, of the overall debt of the uh, of Puerto Rico more of their investments uh, are probably in the uh, general obligation debt as opposed right. to government development bank yeah the government development bank seems to be and I'm just curious this gets to the question of who loses and if it's insurance companies and some of them are related to pension funds in the United States what's the danger that uh, Puerto Rico defaulting on debt will cause knock-on effects for retirees or other investors in the United States? Well, from an income perspective, that might be what's changing. I would say from a mark-to-market perspective, because this crisis has been unfolding over the last two and a half years, these, uh, for example, government development bond prices have already been around 20 cents on the dollar prior to today. So, if uh, if insurance companies, if pension funds, if individual holders, mutual funds, hedge funds are marking everything to market, uh, today might not be a major swing right. necessarily because uh, uh, because they're, uh, the bonds are already at cents on the dollar. What does this mean for our listeners who own national or even Puerto Rico-specific, God love you, uh, mutual funds where managers are moving in and out? And specifically, what does it mean for unit trusts 
where our listeners own fixed portfolios of municipal paper? Well, it's important to look at the disclosure and the holdings of these different uh, of these different products. And uh, again, part of this unfolding process over the last two and a half years, uh, people have tracked which funds are heavy Puerto Rico investing funds, which funds are, are light, which funds are moving out. And in, from that perspective, more and more mutual funds have moved out. And investors have shift funds into uh, shift their own money into right. those funds that have lower exposures. So that should help. Are, that should help. Is a speculative hedge fund industry that's wrapped up in Puerto Rico? Are they Nuveen's friend, enemy? Are they an opportunity? How would you frame that? Well, not necessarily. Not necessarily either. I mean, Nuveen has been looking at the fundamentals of Puerto Rico. Uh, from a bond investing perspective, and we would invest there potentially in the future. But over the last two years, we have, uh, uh, well, two, two and a half years ago, we took our, our holdings down very close to zero and, and entirely insured so that uh, because of the fundamentals, not because of hedge funds or who might be getting involved or who might not be getting involved, really because of the t- deteriorating fundamentals made it apparent that they weren't going to be able to pay all their debt. Coming out of this, maybe that there could be a new bond that might be more interesting if the economy stabilizes. But what we're really worried about now is economic decline actually accelerating, in part because the government's development yeah. bank is impaired. What a shock. I mean, to actually look yeah. at the real economy. Uh, John Miller with us. He's caught a fixed income for all of Nuveen, just uh, trying to give you a lack of hysteria, just careful analysis of Puerto Rico. I believe, Mike, there's a whole other municipal bond market out there. Besides yeah, well, Puerto Rico, we'll we'll uh, we'll draw the connection yeah. coming up in just a moment. We have some. This isn't a merger Monday story. It's just a uh, a sale, but it's a very large one. Warehouser is going to sell its cellulose fibers pulp mills to international paper. Yeah. Uh, the cost is two point two billion dollars, and then they're going to uh, pay down debt with that. Uh, one with one point six, uh, they have one point six billion in debt. So the money they're yeah. getting. Uh, so l- that's interesting because um, we're seeing. Uh, Baker Hughes using its breakup fee from Halliburton to pay down debt. So uh, companies also doing what uh, customers, yeah. you know, the average person's doing. Somehow I think synergy uh, will be uh, a word used in the coming days at IP uh, as well. Futures up seven. Futures advance right now. Dow futures up uh, up 47. This news update brought to you by T2 Computing, a new kind of IT solutions company for workflow, mobility, and infrastructure. Let them explain how their expertise can help you gain greater business value. Visit T2Computing.com for more information. Here's Michael Barr with news headlines. Mike, Tom, thank you very much. Republican presidential frontrunner Donald Trump is predicting a knockout blow tomorrow in the Indiana primary. He says a win for him equals the end for Ted Cruz, but there is a catch. Trump can't win enough delegates in Indiana to actually clinch the Republican nomination. But after his wins in five states last week, he has more of a cushion. A second day of talks in Geneva is focusing on preventing the Syria truce from collapsing amid continuing attacks in Aleppo. Secretary of State John Kerry met today with the Saudi foreign minister. Passengers on board the Carnival cruise ship Adonia are heading to Cuba it is the first cruise yes. to leave from a U.S. seaport yes. for Cuba in decades. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by our okay, 2,400 sure. journalists. I'm Michael Barr. Mike, Tom? And Michael Barr, thanks so much. So the headline number here, gold up a solid $15, 13 
0.5 per ounce. We say good morning to James Steele of HSBC. Nailed that call. Tomorrow, big day, the presidential primary in Rachel's, Indiana. We'll talk with Wendy Schiller of Brown University about whether it's all over but the shouting after the Hoosiers talk. Global Business News, 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. Futures moving higher this morning. Let's go to the first word breaking news desk for today's morning call. Here's Bill Maloney. Good morning, Bill. Good morning, Karen. That's right. U.S. futures have added to their gains since the last time we spoke. Dow futures currently higher by 41 points. SB's gained five and a half. And NASDAQ futures rise by nine. The U.S. 10 yield at 1.81%. And main European markets remain mixed this morning. On the U.S. economic front at 850, Fed's Lockhart speaks in Florida at 945. Mark at U.S. Manufacturing PMI, and at 10 o'clock, ISM Manufacturing and Construction Spending. Regarding earnings today, Diamond Offshore and Helmerk and Payne revenue beat. And in deal news, Halliburton and Baker Hughes called off their merge agreement, and Oracle buys Opower for 10.30 a share. Finally, some of your Wall Street upgrades and downgrades. Cinex cut to neutral at Citigroup. At Goldman Sachs, Colgate Palmolive raised to neutral. United Technologies cut to neutral. Time Warner cut to sector weight at Pacific Crest, and Groupon cut to underperform at RBC. Live from the first of breaking news desk, I'm Bill Maloney. Karen? All right, thanks, Bill. To hear live breaking news over your Bloomberg, type Squawk Go on your terminal. That's S-Q-U-A-W-K Go. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and Mike. Karen, thanks so much. Again, futures advance up two earlier, up six right now. Bloomberg Surveillance this morning brought to you by Invesco, factor-based strategies can help investors focus on high quality, low volatility, and more. Learn more at Invesco.com slash high conviction. Michael McKee and Tom King were taking advantage of tax-free bonds with John Miller of Nuveen. Michael, expand our horizon away from San Juan. (laughs) I I do want to ask, uh, John, about this deal that was reached overnight. It came out. At midnight, um, an agreement with uh, investors who hold about $900 million of the Government Development Bank. You say this doesn't cover everybody, though. Uh, what does it cover? Who does it cover? Uh, and how is it going to affect what's going on? Well, they can, the hedge funds uh, reportedly own about uh, uh, 20% of the, uh, of the GDP debt, and they can enter into their own forbearance, or 20% of what interest was due, so $100 million out of the $400 million. Um, uh, they can enter in their own forbearance, in other words, not, uh, uh, not declare a default, not go after the GDP for the money right now. So they, apparently they have a 30-day uh, sort of window. Oh, during that 30-day window, they might negotiate some sort of recovery, some sort of exchange into a new bond. Well, apparently they, they're, they're going to take $0.47 cents on the dollar, as the way this thing reads, um, it's obviously not binding on other holders, but does this set a precedent that people might, uh, you know, end up following? Uh, perhaps, perhaps, and uh, and you're and you're right. The the holders of a portion of the GDB's debt cannot negotiate for everybody. They can only negotiate what they're willing to take back for themselves. That's one of the complications in getting to a resolution. If you kind of expand that out across 18 different uh, types of bonds and across many thousands of different types of holders, 
these individual negotiations are are very tough to uh, are very tough to to execute. To provide clarity here, and John, it's it's been a breath of fresh air to hear an actual adult talk about these emotions. We say a piece of paper was a hundred issued at a hundred, and has enjoyed a move down to forty with a higher current yield, but a much lower bond price. Within the discussions right now, does everybody own this stuff at 100 facing a huge loss or 50 facing a modest loss? Or are most of the players owning at 38 where they actually got a gain happening? You know, it's it's absolutely all over the place. I think there are a lot of very long-term, uh, very long-term buy-and-hold income-driven investors uh, for uh, uh, various Puerto Rico uh, securities, and uh, the more actively traded bonds uh, that have that have traded on a daily basis over the last couple of years. So those, in particular, the big ones there being general obligation bonds and Cofina bonds. Those have traded a great deal over the last couple of years at deeply discounted dollar prices. So that sort of implies that a lot of those holders have a cost basis that is, uh, that yeah. is a lot, that is significantly below par. I, I think that's really, really important, Michael. Well, the uh, the bond that expires today was trading last trading in March at 32 cents. Yeah. Uh, aside, Michael McKeon, I don't know how we can fold this into tax-free bonds. Euro prints at 115, 1.15. Yeah, 1.01 uh, dropped back down below that now, but uh, definitely heading in the yeah. wrong uh, direction. The effort in Congress... Uh, John, can can you boil it down to what it is they want to do? Because you hear all this talk about uh, from the politicians about we're not going to bail out Puerto Rico, but as I understand it, it has nothing to do with giving them cash. That is correct. The uh, uh, House Natural Resources Committee Bill 4900 is sort of the leading bill on Capitol Hill uh, in terms mm-hmm. of bipartisan support, in terms of the <clears throat> potential to, to get out of the get out of the House and get over to the Senate, maybe in the next few weeks. What that would do, it does not send any taxpayer money down to Puerto Rico. Um, it actually creates a structure, uh, creates a structure, uh, specifically a financial control board, because people don't have recent audits. They don't have all the due diligence that they need to, with which to actually negotiate with the best information. We know that uh, Puerto Rico can't pay 100% of their debt, but could they pay some portion yeah. of it? Yeah. And uh, and then how does each individual bond get treated? This board would help orchestrate that. All right. John, very quickly here, just a minute uh, left. The Boston Globe with a wonderful photo this morning of a cruise ship wandering into the Havana's harbor uh, as, as Cuba welcomes the first U.S. cruise ship in nearly 40 years. How does Cuba investment play into the Puerto Rico recovery if and when it comes? Well, I think uh, I, I view Cuba as a, as a potential competitor. Uh, uh, Puerto Rico has had uh, a decade of economic decline, although their tourism has uh, has held up fairly well. And um, further or more investment in Cuba could uh, could actually take away from uh, from Puerto Rico's recovery prospects. We're, one of the concerns is we're just not sure what segment of the Puerto Rican economy is really poised to to do much better on a going-forward basis. If anything, the ex-migration is probably going to accelerate. This has been fabulous. Hugely valuable. John Miller, thank you so much. With thank the you very much. With the in Puerto Rico. Mike, somehow I think we'll continue to speak to him. Yes.
Uh, this is a story that's not going away, and they have uh, something like two billion uh, in yeah. bonds due July first. Yeah. We have two billion sets of economic data to get us to Friday. Coming up, we look at the economy. Jobs Day on Friday. Bloomberg surveillance. Coming up, the with all due respect highlight brought to you by Land Rover. If it's in your nature to cast off the everyday and seek adventure, the Discovery Sport was built to help your search. Visit Land Rover, tristate.com, or call 1-800-FIND-4WD for details. Land Rover, above and beyond. 